Yeah. All right. This is the five on five podcast presented by directmusicservice.com and Nukes Hot Sauce. I'm one of your hosts coming to you live from Portland, Oregon. Phenom down the street from me, Jupiter Williams. Gotta do the bankhead bounce on guest. him. You gotta, gotta do the bankhead bounce. A little bounce on him. A little bounce. bounce. Our special guest today coming to you live all the way from sunny, tropical Los Angeles. Tropical. Make some noise for Daisy O'Dell. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. Daisy, we are so excited to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm What's going on in your I'm world? Okay. Uh, gosh, I don't even know. this. I feel like we've all collectively been on this journey over the yes. past few years. And I always have a really hard time answering the question, like, how are you? Because I feel like there's a myriad of things that pop into my head and all of them are, you know, multiple truths. Like, sure. I'm fucking terrible. I'm scared. I'm amazing. I'm, you know, and they're all just sort yeah. of like, you know, like compound into this sense of disarray. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, today I feel okay. I'm excited to be talking to you. I have, uh, I have, you know, some things I'm looking forward to, like I'm going to see Bjork tonight and I'm going yes. to go to Aruba tomorrow. So those, those are like very exciting, fun things. So that, you know, I'm trying to sort of disassociate from all the trauma in the world and just focus on some good stuff this week. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We love that. If there was like two things I'd want to do right now, if you're like, oh, go to a concert and see Bjork and go to Aruba, like bang, bang. Yeah. That's, take that. that's great. Take that's that. great. I would, I would, I would happily take that. Um, Daisy, first time seeing Bjork or multiple times? Oh, I've seen her many times. Okay. okay. Like many, many, many times. I've seen her at the Coachella. I saw her. One of my favorite shows was FYF. They did. Um, She's one of the headliners. That was incredible. I've seen her in more intimate venues. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. Like I've been a fan. I remember in high school, I did, I went to performance arts high school as a music theater major. And for my senior recital, I sang Bjork, but then also on the, you know, you make like a little program. And on the program, I had like Bjork lyrics and Tom Waits oh, lyrics, yeah. Nick Cave. I was, I was always that girl. Like even at like 16, I was, that was me. So I've been a huge Bjork fan for a long time. You were that person that people were going to to get their music, weren't you? Where people are like, <laughs> you're like, oh, you don't have this, but it's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, well, I feel like I always gravitated towards, um, you know, a, a similar type of person, mm. uh, you know, like my entire, I don't know when it started, but it sort of gestated very young because music was always a huge thing for me. And so through, uh, my dad had, you know, vinyl and he collected primarily classical, but then I got into records and I got into records and I have people at record shops. When you meet people at record shops, they, you know, tend to open your eyes to this whole like wealth of music and sonic history and you know sort of I uh, my favorite podcast is the ongoing history of new music which is I love that expression it's like my favorite expression it's like the ongoing history of new music it's this constantly evolving thing and so pretty young I fell into that world and I feel like it's interesting because people who purport themselves as being authorities in the subject right mm -hmm. like we're all learning all the time and you're totally. constantly being introduced to new uh, you know, artists and even genres and, you know, things that there's sort of these, all these micro genres that pop up, especially if you look at the, you know, world as sort of globally and you think about music, you know, you think about the music you're exposed to because of, you know, you're proximate to it, but then also like there's all these other things that you're like, 
like I'm excited to hear what they're listening to in Aruba. I have no idea. Like I'll probably right. discover something new and exciting and fun there. So it's like this constant, you know, evolution of knowledge that, but for me, yeah. it started very young. Like I was yeah. very young and I was like, this is cool. And then I started going to concerts, like, you know, at 12 or 13 and just, it's yeah. We usually ask later on, but what was your first concert? Yeah. Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh. I'll tell you mine. It was Christina Aguilera. <laughs> no, I don't know. I have to think about it. My first concert, like I remember seeing like in high school, I remember seeing artists like back and stuff and like going to smaller shows and seeing like mm. Green Day. I was kind of into, you know, I was always sort of alternative skewing. You know, I did see the Fugees. I saw, there was, but it was like, I feel like my first concert was probably something like New Kids on the Block. Like it probably Ooh, wasn't. Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel any shame around that at all, by the way. No, yeah. Not. I as Absolutely you shouldn't not. you shouldn't but i i think probably that was the first one or i mean that's no, great that's not true i saw millions of classical concerts with my father so let's, oh, okay let's put those in the box because that makes me sound a lot i was, I was like and kotv i wasn't thinking yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had the whole thing and i did see them a bunch of times so i'm going to assume that's the first like pop concert yeah okay. that's great I mean, yeah. that's, that's a Hart. great. I love Corey Hart too. I was oh, I'm Canadian. Corey Hart. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes so, sense. Yeah, so he was like a big thing for us. Shout out to Corey Hart. We have Corey so Hart much was music. A heartthrob. He was a heartthrob. He was a heartthrob, man. <laughs> we have so much music we want to talk to you about today. Uh, what we do around here every week, we compare two artists head to head, their top five songs, most popular on Spotify. So you're gonna pick a this or a that. Uh -oh. You're gonna know him. Don't uh -oh. worry. You're gonna know him. No, it's not that. It's I'm a terrible candidate for this type of exercise, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I hate playing favorites when it comes to music. Oh, this is like, gonna be I great. Hate it. Like, people ask all the time. They're like, great. "Do you like? Do you like this genre or do you like that genre?" Oh, I just see. I tried to find somewhere private, but I couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I got disrupted. Um, but yeah, they're like, "Do you?" Uh, you know this song or this song or what's your favorite artist or what's your favorite and i grapple i struggle because i don't want anyone to feel like his music is such a hard thing to quantify it is. so sure. we'll see the, i might really i might be like no i can't um, oh this is gonna be great well, well, i'm willing i'm willing to be open-minded and play the game and we'll see it. <laughs> very good well today we're putting you up against the rolling stones or the who and this is going to be oh. five rounds five songs from each <laughs> Um, and you can pick a this or a that for each round. Uh, where since, but yeah, so since Neek's not here, um, I'm gonna be picking as well as Travis. So you're not alone in your decisions, which yeah. is good. Um, let's start with round one though. Uh, Daisy, Painted Black from the Stones or Baba O'Reilly from the Who? Oh, <laughs> I can't play this game. I mean, I actually, it's so funny because. I was at a party, I don't know, a month ago, and I heard Bob O'Reilly out for the first time in a really, like, you know, for, in forever, like there's yeah. been a whole pandemic and, you know, and just like the sensation of everybody yeah. in the room singing along was so profound, but 
flip side, Painted Black is literally one of my favorite songs to dance to. As oh, it. I yeah. Mean, like just so it's got that, that, I mean, just like this syncopated rhythm, like the whole yeah. thing, so funky and good. Yeah. I wh- how, wh- why? Do you <laughs> like so cool to make people like <laughs> favorites. I love them both. I um, mean, you can't but, go against I, one of your I favorites, be, like, right? Flipping a coin. I would be so. My answer would be so arbitrary. Do you want an arbitrary answer? Like it's not yes. going to come from. It's not going to be like an an educated thought. So today's you can like, do today how you feel today. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I think because it's more epic, I'm gonna do Bob O'Reilly. Just because okay. it has, it has, it, I feel like there's, as somebody who studied music, I feel like if you're looking at it simply from sort of the, you know, the sonic elements or the <laughs> complexity of mm-hmm. it as a song itself, mm-hmm. probably like a, you know, greater achievement as a work of music. Than mm-hmm. black, even Absolutely. Sure, that's my answer, final answer. Done. Great. Yeah. Travis. <laughs> Travis, what do you got? Painted black, man. Uh, Painted black. <laughs> I just do that to make her feel bad. Uh, but no, but for real, painted black. <laughs> painted black. All right. Uh, I'll be the tiebreaker on this one. I'm the same way. I could go either way. And the yeah. covers of painted black are awesome too. Yeah. There's like a, a couple of French covers that fucking rip as well. Um, I'm gonna go with the who though, because Initially, I was going to be painted black, but then Daisy was like, you know, it's pretty fucking epic. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I would like to hear that out. No DJs play that. So yeah. DJs that are listening, bring it back. Bring that well, back. Well, I'm glad I talked you into it. It's not, it's not a dance song. It's, when it, it's like a sing-along song. Right, right. It's like an end of the night, like. Just like. You yeah. Know, everyone's like, but it can have the same sort of like emotional resonance as something like "Don't Stop Believing." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, right. Well, if you're in the right room with the right crowd, it can be a real unexpected and powerful moment, which it was for me a few weeks ago when I heard it. Hell yeah! Uh, let's like see how that. you feel. We'll see how you feel on this one. Uh, Stones, Satisfaction, or the Who behind Blue Eyes? Oh, well, he, I, as somebody with blue eyes, I have, you know, like Pale Blue Eyes by um, The Velvet Underground is like probably my all-time favorite song. I'm always like, oh, blue, blue, blue. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're all written for me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Years ago, Lou yeah. Reed, we sat down and was like, I'm going to, no. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I have to tell you, Satisfaction is one of the greatest songs ever written. Like, it's just perfect. I can't. Mm-hmm. We just can't like I. I personally, this one is an easier choice for me. Sure. Um, sure. Particularly as it relates to being somebody who makes people dance. Mm. Living. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, it true. still goes off. It still goes and, off. And yeah, and yeah, I want to talk about the covers, like the Aretha cover, the Otis cover. Oh my God, the Otis cover mm-hmm. of Satisfaction is just it's as good as the original. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Aretha's too. I mean, they're all you just play them in succession. Just yes. Like, and then this you is going to be a few minutes of music. You have six. <laughs> yes. This will this will be that episode where the listeners dive down into covers, and I love that because I love a good cover song. So if you're listening, do your research on that. Um, you should Otis make has a, a playlist. You yes. Should, you should you should make them, and then they can just go like here's the cover. absolutely absolutely. Yeah, that is true. That's, That's nice. a good idea. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we might, we'll make a playlist. Do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Travis, where are you going on this? 
Um, so I was actually introduced to satisfaction by my parents with mm. the Aretha cover. Mm. And then uh, later on, because it was like one of my mom's favorite songs to play. And then later on, uh, my dad sat me down and he's like, yo, listen, this is where it came from. And I was like, this is even better. So I got to go with Rolling Stones. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I'm right there with you on that. That's going to be a sweep. Um, I think Limp Bizkit covered Behind Blue Eyes and that kind of like tarnished it for me where I was like, <laughs> oh, you can't unhear it, you know? So. Oh, fuck. It's uh, an amazing song though. I want to say for the record, it is a fantastic song and an yes, incredible song and one of my favorite songs. It just, I feel like this head to head was there. They were at a disadvantage. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Round three, start me up or pinball wizard. Oh Daisy, man. Daisy, what do you got? It's a little tougher. I, you know what? Pinball wizard, I think because it needs to be contextualized within the you know the film or like the larger sort of sure album. Mm -hmm. um, you need to watch tommy for sure yeah mm -hmm. like i feel like there is you know it's part of a story but it's not a standalone song in the same way start me up is mm -hmm. so again i'm gonna go stones but only because of these extenuating factors mm -hmm. right pinball yes. is a great song but it's not it's more that how it sort of fits within Tommy and sort of right. that, what they did with that entire rock opera, right? Mm -hmm. Rock opera is that we call it. Right. Um, where it just that as an entire body of work is magnificent, but I think you know it's greater than the sum of its parts. Sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, See, she thought that she was gonna have a hard time with this. This, yeah, she's killing this, this. Yeah, she's Come absolutely on. killing this. Come I have on. <laughs> I'm not killing this. This is great. About sharing them. I just have a hard time with music because it's. I think I'm sure you guys share this feeling as well. Like it's such a personal thing mm -hmm. for people, particularly people who make their livelihoods, you know, in this industry. Like we feel we're so drawn, we're so passionate. Mm -hmm. about the music about these artists about these songs and they all have such special significance for us for a myriad of reasons right and sometimes yeah. it's hard to articulate them but also I just don't like playing favorites that's why I don't like professional sports I don't like that one team loses you would like <laughs> to see a tie it's a tie regardless they so hard and, you know, <laughs> that's so sad and everyone's like yeah the other team won I was like but look they're like crying. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so what are you drawn more to soccer then? <laughs> uh no, I mean I yeah. Sports <laughs> out my, <or> no. <laughs> uh Travis, which way are you going on this one? Uh I gotta go stones, man. Yeah, I go stones. I'm right there with you. It's, These are just for, party for me, songs. Yeah, it's just hard <laughs> for me to go against the stones. That's just me though. This next one might be interesting. Um Maybe not. Travis, you're, you're a movie guy as well. Uh, Stones, Give Me Shelter or The Who, My Generation? Okay. That's a different story. This is a different story. This my is a different story. Uh, okay. We're going to go My Generation. Yes. Okay. Over the Scorsese nod in Departed with uh, yeah. Give Me Shelter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Daisy? I, I'm with you. I My Generation, I think, again, it is one of the most 
not only is it an amazing song and you know from the dj perspective once again killer if you put out Mm -hmm. you know uh but also it's so sort of indicative of that period of you know sort of history when you're talking about the the things that you know you talk about sort of that counterculture that really you know erupted Mm -hmm. right and the hippies and sort of the birth of this you know movement that shifted the entire world and it happened it was like this global movement and sort of that song really is the antithesis of that moment Mm -hmm. and so I think you know when you when you factor in the, the history um I have to plead relevance also give me shelter I have sort of negative feelings around because of the Altamont concert and right you know, and I will always affiliate it with that sort of uh you know the the did you watch the documentary they made about the concert? uh the yeah I've seen that Travis have you seen that the, it's really the ultimate yeah they had it basically they, there was a concert up sort of post woodstock where they were like the stones were headlining this we're going to do this um you know concerts gonna be like woodstock it's going to be near san francisco and they uh, as opposed to hiring more conventional security they brought in the hell's angels and what ultimately ended up happening was uh it got violent and you know kids died and so I associate mm-hmm. that song with that mm. experience. Just again, and it's not like I was, it's not lived experience. It's not like I was there. No, right. Um, but I ha- but I I that really uh after watching the footage, which I probably shouldn't have done because I'm I'm really I'm very sensitive to it. Uh you just you see this kid and you see the, you know, Hells Angels, and then you see the stretcher, and then you're like, oh my God. And that was the song. So I will always associate mm. with those things and so for me i actually don't yeah. hang out um yeah 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 mm-hmm. no that's that's definitely fair um, yeah damn I, I didn't know about that yeah yeah it's actually a really interesting documentary you should watch yeah, it. i want to watch I'm, it i'm sure it's streaming right mm-hmm. now i watch a lot of music documentaries and i'm sure it's streaming right now on <laughs> i can't think of where but it's for sure worth uh seeing yeah you know, as a music person and sort definitely of music yeah history um but it was i'll have to send you it was the have to send, piece. yeah it was there was that in the uh atlantic pop music festival which hendrix played too which was coming right off that and i think at that time they were like we're gonna beef up security the right way and completely avoid this entire situation because it was it was literally a disaster mm. between that and woodstock like people mm-hmm. like breaking in and then the last the last day of woodstock was not great from you know the kind of the what i've understood where they just like broke down the whole infrastructure people were getting in people were fighting because like it, they didn't have enough water and stuff like that and then obviously 90 what woodstock 90 seven or 99 whatever that was yeah atrocious yeah another music documentary that was the worst of the worst for festivals yeah so it was really disturbing to see the woodstock 99 footage it was yeah because it was because it's modern like when you you know if you watch something that's you know from the 60s you sort of you feel very distanced from it right Right. yeah right you see something where people kind of look like you know, modern people, and yet they're still acting in these ways. And, you know, I know a lot of it sort of was 
cultivated by there were some bad drugs going around and there's you know but then you think about what happened this summer mm-hmm. after world right. like mm-hmm. it's you know it is a very as somebody i work in a I, I don't know if you know this but i do uh one of my initiatives i have a lot of projects that i get into but um <laughs> one of my initiatives with my company woman that was founded by a bunch of uh female djs and sort of event um producers and people that work in sort of the nightlife festival music space um, we came together because we really wanted to, you know, look at how to make our world safer and more sure. equitable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, we kind of skewed into safety. We actually helped Coachella erect their first, um, you know, what the, the initiative was called Everyone, but it was like their first sort of safe space. And then we did this, uh, you know, training where we sort of disseminated information um, top down through security, through staff on how to sort of... Uh, intervene we talked about harm reduction we talked about we did a lot of work but we can maybe link to it and people can read about it but yeah we did that because as people particularly you know women or you know we have a lot of uh sort of vulnerable people in our circle um, who came together and said we want to be able to go to festivals we want to be able to have fun we want to be able to like you know live in this moment and there's all these like legitimate risks and we're afraid and like what can we do to sort of counterbalance that and you know also the people who are assigned to protect you security a lot of the issues seed from them you know because oftentimes these are sort of you know physically imposing Mm -hmm. male figures who maybe don't have any tact training and Mm -hmm. they can escalate very quickly situations that don't need to be escalated you know when you're dealing with people who are sort of young and potentially we use the term harm reduction but really we're talking about you know substance yeah of course uh, you know, <laughs> yeah <who> right <laughs> right, right substances and maybe don't know how to handle it and mm-hmm. you know today we can sort of guide them to a safe uh you know a safe space and yeah. then yeah. ultimately to a medical intervention if necessary without sort of having that escalation with a security person who might you know actually make the situation you know, exacerbated. So mm-hmm. right. that's the work that we did, and that's Soteria. And we did, you know, we worked with everyone. But then we watched Astro World happen, and we were like, I mean, it was so distressing yeah. because this work is happening. This work is in play. It's happening in the UK. It's, there's a lot of organizations like ours that are taking these measures and saying, like, we we have tools to equip you to like yeah. make this space safer. Like, let's use them so people can enjoy you know, the sense of community and, you know, seeing music in this way, because it's a very, it's an incredible, like I've been to so many festivals. I love it. It's an incredible opportunity to sort of share space with people and to see artists you might not get to see and sort of have this incredible experience. But, you know, I, I guess that it's just, um, to, to understand sort of from the corporate perspective, like investing in, you know, these initiatives, right? like an essential, it's not, there's no, like sort of the, you know, from the capitalist perspective, like. They don't see the need to do it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, after Astroworld, I think they do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now you can just say, hey, look at this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do, do you think, how far off do you think we are from seeing free drug testing kits at event at like festival events and stuff? Because I know some do it. We have them. Like yeah. we did yes, my, the last festival we did, or I should say the first festival post COVID, we did mm-hmm. Desert Days. We erected our safe space. We worked um, 
we worked very intimately with the Desert Days team. Have you guys been to that festival? It's really fun. Not yet. No. Like it's amazing. Like the one we did, we did this one, which was uh, November, early November. Uh, yeah, November. And the one we did prior, they had like Wu-Tang. They, they, it's very, it's fucking awesome. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And they are incredibly proactive in seeing, you know, the kind of stuff that we do or the kind of stuff that they need to have happen. And, you know, there are some liability risks with drug testing kits, mm-hmm. but we have them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we encourage people to use them, particularly now as sort of, you know, things like fentanyl and other you know, very <laughs> dangerous substances. A billion percent. Yeah. To people who shouldn't be consuming them. And, you know, the risks are, are real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should, to me, that's like, that's day one stuff. Every festival should have that. I agree. Like safe testing. You know, people are bringing drugs into the event. You're not going to be able to get around that. At least make it a safe space for people that are at your event. But again, from a corporate perspective, there's a real risk in doing that because then it'd be, you know, are you condoning drug use if somebody goes and consumes a substance on your property and you're saying, well, we all know they're doing it. And, you know, then are you liable if something happens, which you are. So it's a very, it's a very tricky situation. And there's some amazing groups that are doing harm reduction work. We don't specialize in that. We specialize in safety. So our, you know, safety training um, protocols are what we are you know, pitching around to everyone and saying, you need to do this, this part of it, but the harm reduction work is incredible. And mm. it, it really is about making sure that people who are going to imbibe do it safely Sure. and have, you know, people sort of, we have these ambassadors who are on the ground and they're looking out mm. for situations and they're being proactive. So if somebody is lying on the grass with their skirt above their head and they're you know by themselves you're like hey are you okay let me you know assist you if if need be and just sort of being proactive makes yeah. a big impact yeah i know we did the coachella that we did and obviously the desert days and we also did we've done a bunch of festivals we did the yola festival it's like you know and it's incredible to see how just like a little bit of taking a little bit of initiative can make such a huge difference. Yeah. We, we so, have to link that for sure. And uh, yeah, in the post, yeah. we definitely want to link to uh, this initiative because it's something that doesn't get talked about. Just right. general general safety and nightlife. If who, you go out, you need to be safe. Go ahead, Travis. I'm, I'm sorry. Like uh, going back to the festivals, who's, I guess, who who's who's calling the shots on on getting you guys involved because it's like so for World, is it is it rock nation getting in touch with you you guys to be there because okay. like i i definitely see a a necessity for you to be there so who that was live nation right live nation well live nation have? and rock nation yeah. yeah yeah so there's a few different um conduits right mm-hmm. so as someone who's worked in this industry a long time, I've actually DJed a bunch of Coachellas. I DJed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the last one. I played mm-hmm. the absolute ten, um, all three days, both weekends. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, so we have relationships, 
So that's sort of the most uh, direct route is calling people who we know and mm -hmm. saying, hey, we're doing this thing. Here's a pitch deck. Take it to whoever, walk it into whoever needs to see it. Golden Voice is actually a remarkably small com company, mm -hmm. right? They, and they had been working on some stuff internally. So when we came on board, we partnered with the team they already had in place and worked together to create this very robust everyone initiative which now they're they're managing in-house so gotcha. it's going to exist for sure um you know and that's incredible and mm -hmm. what it was was it's one person who was in yeah. a position of power who saw the need and budgeted for it mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's a few different avenues for funding. You can, we have grants, we have sponsors, we have, you know, and think about the optics of that. If you're like a company and you're like, we sponsor safe spaces at music festivals. If you're like a headphone company, that's amazing. Like you should yeah. do that. give, give, you know, give us money. We'll, we'll put your name on it. That's fine. Yeah. But we also have to be very cautious about who we align with. Like, obviously we can't have alcohol sponsors. We can't, you know, there's, there's different sort of um, parameters that we have to adhere to. Right. But it really is about at this stage, and we did a bunch of press around it too. And when mm -hmm. we did the press, people reached out because part of the reason we did a press push is because we wanted people to recognize that this, not only was this happening, but this is something that they themselves could implement at their own festivals. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, there's my company that does it, but we are just, we just saw need and did it. This isn't like some, you know, we were just like, what can we do? How can we help? And we engaged um, some really incredible people to manage it for us. We have a Luther Lich, Misha Bonagainer, Gaynor, and a Luthra. Um, she comes from 20 years of street safety. So she did gang intervention work, right? Mm. So basically it's, uh, you know, working sort of within that community, self-policing. Uh -huh. So people who are coming sort of from the gang world, going back into the gang world to help people. And it's this incredible training mechanism that she came up with with this guy, Akil Bashir. And they uh, brought that to the security side. And then Shivani is our clinical director. So she brought all the mental health stuff. Gotcha. So all the stuff with people who are, you know, at festivals who are experiencing different sorts of triggers or again, the harm reduction stuff. And how can we like support this so people don't escalate into a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. she was the, you know, the mechanism by which we interfaced with the medical team. So we work with security and medical. We're sort of a bridge between like customer service, security. Yeah, medical, yeah. Um, you know, and making sure that all those things like interact appropriately because oftentimes they don't. Like mm -hmm, oftentimes exactly. security will, will intervene in something that maybe is a medical situation mm -hmm. or customer service will not really know how to handle something that perhaps needs to be a security situation. But then it's, you know, it's a, it's a very complex organism. Yeah. Right? And also, it requires very thoughtful people, experienced people, people who, you know, have like the people who manage Soteria have dedicated their lives to thinking about, you know, how to how to make this work. And yeah. they came up with a plan and it's incredible. And I'm so fortunate to have these people in my life as well, because they guide me all the time in a myriad of ways, because they're incredible, just sort of humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And all of our ambassadors, incredible humans, they come to this work because they believe in it. And, you know, they really like to see how they sort of interact with people is, is just, it's profound. It's very, very cool. And we did, we didn't just do Coachella. We did, um, we did, uh, oh my gosh, why am I supposed to, the country one? <gasps> oh, uh, 
the in uh, the desert. What is that called? No, uh, yeah, the one that comes right after Coachella. Oh my god. <laughs> this is right, like let me number crunch this. Let me, yeah, do a number crunch. The third weekend, so it's Coachella, Coachella, and then it's uh, stage, stagecoach, stagecoach. Stage oh <laughs> so, but I forget I about stagecoach. Stage you know, people was stage one of the most intense experiences I've ever had. So we kept our everyone initiative, and we were uh -huh. very nervous because our we had a very diverse team full of people who identified in all kinds of different ways. Mm. who were going to be in this stagecoach community and had some real hesitation. And we did actually lose some of our ambassadors because they said, I'm nervous. And, you know, and I will tell you, day one of stagecoach, we showed up to work and it was a sea of Trump hats, right? Mm -hmm. Not only right. Trump hats, Blue Lives Matter shirts, you know, mm -hmm. people like, oh, a lot of things that, that our particular team on a personal level found, probably found triggering. And they were able right. to set that aside and do the work. And I remember one of the most profound experiences I've ever had in my entire life was this guy came in and he uh, brought in a, a female friend, a woman, and she went and talked to one of our clinicians. She was having a moment. She'd been in Vegas and needed support. This was the first major country Western festival since the Vegas shooting. Right. And a lot of people came in. Like we were needed so much in so many ways. And she was there and I was talking to him and he was so kind and so grateful. And then he, he had no shirt on a festival. He turned around and walked away. We had this incredible conversation. And as he walked away, I saw his back was covered in a tattoo that said white power. Oh, and I was like, I, first of all, I'm, I'm a Jewish girl. I, you know, I'm as progressive yeah. as they come. I never would have knowingly gotten into a conversation with somebody with a white power tattoo. This is not a shirt. This is a tattoo. This is a permanent thing. This guy has, emblazed on his back he wants the world to know that he believes the white race is the superior race right and it was just such a learning experience for me because that human connection with somebody who ideologically we were so fundamentally different mm -hmm. and i was like oh what a nice guy oh 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's a larry david yeah. moment it's a literal larry david moment almost it was like, like I, yeah holy fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing we did the work and we took, you know, one of the main things you do is you take yourself out of it. You take your personal yeah. sort of opinions about things. And this guy was a white power guy, but at the end of the day, he was a human who needed help and we helped him. Mm -hmm. And we didn't let our bias about his belief system as dangerous and problematic as it is, <laughs> uh, you know, infringe on our ability to like do the job we were hired to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Fucking eh? incredible. God, that's <laughs> fucking incredible. That's great. Sometimes this podcast takes the best turns into information like yeah, this. Yeah. Fucking incredible. I feel like uh, everyone's like turned off by now. They're like, oh, oh no, 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 because I have a lot of questions about oh, the history of you DJing and blah, blah, blah. We're just going to breeze past it right now. We're still doing um, this five on five thing? Real, real quick. Yeah, this sympathy, whole thing? Sympathy, sympathy okay. for the devil or who are you? Real quick. Oh. Sympathy for the devil or who are you? I have to go with sympathy for the devil. That's a great pick. Yeah. That's my pick. Travis, 
Because The Magician and the Margarita is such a good book. Do you know that it's based on a book? It's a dope book. And so I feel like for me, again, personal experience informs my answer. Fair. Uh, I did not know about this book, so I had to write that down. <laughs> I'm just... Wait, I might I'm just, it wrong. I think it's The Magician and Margarita. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah. Sorry, if you read the book, and yeah, I read it after I heard the song, obviously, and then I... Uh, yeah, I'm a big reader, in case you can't tell. Hell yeah. what, are you, what are you reading right now? Um, actually, I pulled out uh, Joan Didion because she died a few weeks ago, and I'm, yep. I'm reading a bunch of her work. Awesome. But I'm not really reading it. I'm more just like scrolling Instagram and not really <laughs> That's typing that part of my brain. I'm kind of had a rough January. I needed to like maybe not be so cerebral and think so much. That's my whole thing for through the, throughout all of COVID. It's very difficult to read. Like the numbers you usually put up reading books and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm like a dog, like throwing somebody's throwing a tennis ball. I'm like, oh, Instagram. Oh, let me check Squirrel. Twitter. Oh, check my email. Oh, what's on TV? Yeah, anything. Um, no, we I can get a lot into of, I do a lot of doom scrolling. So much. Like I do a lot of like a lot of like I'm not gonna look at the news today, and then four hours later I'm like, oh my god, this. Yeah, is yeah. Twi- Twitter is my new thing now. Yeah, we're bad. we're big on Twitter. It's Twitter bad. is. I never go on Twitter. Am I oh. gonna go on Twitter when you post this podcast? Yeah, you're you're gonna have to be on Twitter. You're going. Uh, it's Twitter's just DJ talk. It's a lot of DJ shouldn't play this song at this time. DJ oh. shouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's oh, that's a fun time. like really interesting. So it is a fun time. You're gonna go down this <laughs> rabbit hole of be- people being like, DJ shouldn't play play requests. You should play all the requests. You should it's, <laughs> it's a nightmare. Um let's take you into the lightning round real quick. Uh this is a this or a that. You get to keep one of the artists, the other one you have to delete out of your Serato forever. forever. Starting starting with. Red Hot Chili Peppers or MGMT? Oh, well, I'd probably delete the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I actually don't hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I know it's not like a cool thing to like them, but Blood Sugar Sex Magic, I think is a really great album. Yeah, excellent I album. that album, the rest. Okay. But I'd probably uh, do MGMT because I can't imagine not playing like Electric Feel ever. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That would be weird. It would never. That would be weird. (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be some blog house talk later on in this episode, too. So so we can keep that. (laughs) Um, Ashanti or Sierra? Fuck. Uh, You know what? I think I would probably keep Ashanti because I play like that sort of, you know, post golden era, like early 2000s pop hip-hop stuff right. a lot and she's straight fucking fire yeah like like her like her and Busta. like i i feel like maybe i would keep ashanti even though sierra has the better songs like body is maybe a better song like objectively a better song like yeah no that's a really tough one i mean i, I really it is a tough one <laughs> it is yeah. tough it is tough. They're not going to get easier, by well, they might get easier. Some of them. They're not going to get easier. No, no. <laughs> no idea. Uh, not get easier. We'll go to the next one. Disclosure or Jamie XX? Um, well, I think Jamie XX is going to DJ my birthday party in two weeks. So I got to <laughs> Oh. Mic <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, drop. But I think, no, I, I, he is. But I think Disclosure <laughs> is... 
maybe the, I mean, they're the bigger artists, right? Yeah. I think, like, if yeah. you're talking about yeah. stuff, and, you know, I think they are the bigger artists because they write the catchier songs. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jamie XX DJ yeah, birthday. Out. Just he, wanted to run that back one time. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, it might not I, happen. And I think then he won that. Liar. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually just got a text about it, but I don't know what it says. I didn't look at it. Uh, Lauren Hill or Shaka Khan? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love Shaka Khan, right? Love Shaka mm-hmm. Khan, but I, I got to go Lauren Hill. Okay. Lauren Hill wrote one of the greatest albums of all time. There's nothing she could ever do. Oh. And I've seen her live. I don't know if you've seen her live. I've seen her. I saw her live at like a Levi's party, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She showed up two hours later. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was fortunate enough to be side stage. And this is recent. This is like, you know, right before COVID. And she showed up and sang and she was, she was Lauren Hill. Oh, like, I know Lauren she doesn't Hill. really, she's not interested in doing what people want her to do. Right. I kind of respect that. It's kind of frustrating. I was going to go see the Fugees at the Forum, but now I'm not, I guess. Oh, they just canceled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just canceled yeah. their reunion. That's right. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. Come on. Yeah. If you were if you were betting on this, everybody kind of knew at some point this yeah. would. Yeah. That was a okay. pipe dream. That was a pipe dream. We like pipe um, dreams. Daisy, as someone who lived in New York, you'll enjoy this. Beastie Boys or Run DMC? <laughs> okay so Randy and C are amazing right but Beastie Boys I mean those albums were so important like Paul's Boutique right I listen to Paul's Boutique so all the good- like I've listened to that album so many times I couldn't not pick the Beastie Boys. Run DMC are fun, party jams, whatever. Beastie Boys are like that too. Yeah. But also musically, where they went with the Dust Brothers is so, they were so groundbreaking and really sort of this template for all this music that followed sort of seeded from what they did when they mm-hmm. came to LA during those years. And I I just, I, I gotta go Beastie Boys. I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan. Like That's I think they're yeah. amazing. There are no wrong answers here. That's great. I just, yeah. So. Fuck yeah. No, yeah. no, that's a great. There's answer. no wrong answer when it comes to music. Yeah, no. there is no wrong answer. That's that's exactly <laughs> it. Um, Steely Dan or Gangstar? That's so random. <laughs> you, know, you know what's interesting now? They both kind of check the same boxes. They do. Mm-hmm. They both, I would put them both in easy listening for fucking sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Finally, finally, someone said it. Somebody yes. gets it. I would say like mellow, like Sunday afternoon kind of vibes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I probably listen to Gangstar more, but Steely Dan's actually really cool. I actually played a show with Steely Dan. Oh. One of the more random things you'll hear from me. I did this thing called the the, oh my god again i can't remember <laughs> stagecoach music festival <laughs> yeah. this is it this is it oh, what do we call it? the classic it was called the classic see i knew it comes classic. From it. I <laughs> jokes, guys i feel like i but i did this thing called the classic and i think steely dan was on the bill but it was like fleetwood mac and, oh, Eagles and like steely dan and doobie brothers it was like crazy and it was yeah. one of the best and i i they hired me to dj dj this kind of like 
it was at Dodger Stadium and I did like this VIP sort of situations like between bands, people would, who spent a lot of money or were important people would like come in and I would play. Um, I don't know, I, maybe I'll go Gangstar. I'll go Gangstar, but it's, okay. it's a tough one because they're, because it just, it's tough. It's interesting. Can I, I like, go off the rails real quick? Go off real the quick. rails. This is gonna be real quick. Yeah. What What are you playing at that? At that show, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Everything you want to play is playing in front of you right now. You're right. Like, oh, you know, that's me. Um, not everything. Not everything. You still, you still got Neil Young. You still got oh, okay. Stuff you can play. Okay. I feel like, um, one of my favorite things to do as a DJ is get tasked with playing really uh, sort of specific curated sets okay right like that yeah. is like my like when somebody like that's part of the reason i get hired all the time by netflix and hbo and all these companies because they know i'll bring a party right at some point you switch it up to a party but also if they hire me to do something they're like you know like i do all the stranger things right. stuff right this is like a very easy any of us any dj could do it but i'm like okay what's the year 1984. Mm, what are the charts in What are the alternative What are the college radio? What is the fashion? What is the politics? What is the I like I like basically just like go in and swim around. Like this week I did, I actually turned it in today. I did a playlist for uh Ford's Gin, and it is called the Botanical Express. And it's the Golden Age of Travel, right? Which is 1920s to 1940s, Golden Age mm. of Train Travel. Um, but it's also international. So they did Romania and Morocco. So I went and found all this music from those decades, from all these different places. <laughs> I found like Italian jazz from like 1930. And I found like more rock. Like it was just, and it's such a fun thing. And it's such yeah. a fun exercise. And now I have all this music. And am I, am I ever, I'll, I'll post a playlist probably because it's so random. Fuck yeah. Found, you they, should. Have, they also have train sounds on Spotify. Just, you know, I like put <laughs> <laughs> But like, I love projects that force me to think about, you know, go outside of just like, what is gonna make people dance? What is the weekend's latest song? You know, like right. I, I love stuff like that. So when I get something like the classic, I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, yeah. because then you, can, you pull out the Van Morris and you, pull, you go, you look at that era, you look at what was playing, you look at the other artists, you look at what was charting, you look at, you know, who did Stevie Nicks collaborate with? You look at, you know, you're playing like Islands in the Stream with Dolly, like you're you right. pulling out all this stuff that you don't typically get to play. I mean, maybe you get to play it. <laughs> but at this know. point, if you're lucky, right? Like yeah. if, the, cl if the club is cool, like you can squeeze it in, yeah. I mean, we all have these, you know, parameters. The parameters are that you're not at home in your bedroom. The parameters yeah. are that there are other people in the room. And I was having this conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who, who called to book me. And he was like, I need to talk to you. There's this DJ who I love so much, but he basically informed me, you know, in no uncertain terms that he is not going to play for the crowd anymore. He's only going to play for him. And I've been getting all these bad reviews from everyone. I said, well, that's really commendable. I mean, it's amazing to show up. And he's a pretty big DJ. He's playing, you know, thousand person club nights. And I'm like, to show up and be like, I don't care about you. I'm going to play for me. But at the end of the day, DJing is a reciprocal thing. It's call and response, right? right it's right, people right. responding to what you are giving them and in turn feeding you. And, and it needs to be this back and forth. So you can have integrity and you can say, I won't go out, you know, I won't draw outside these lines. And, and mm -hmm. that is important for all of us to have sort of, you know, that's what your identity is as an artist. But at the end of the day, it really is not a solo sport. Right. Right. A million percent. Right. So 
I don't know. I was like, well, that's kind of cool, but also, yeah, I don't know. Like, do that when you're home. Put out a bunch that's, of fucking faces. Unless you yeah. do Dave Harvey, he can do literally whatever he wants always. Yeah, Travis, you just you just <laughs> played with him, goal. right? Yeah. Yeah. I have, when people ask what DJ I want to be, I'm like DJ Harvey or Questlove. Like that's it. Yeah. Those yeah. Guys that's can literally show up anywhere and play anything, and people are like, wow. Oh, you Tom said the York, magic DJ, word. I DJed with Tom York one night and it, he literally got up and I don't know, he played the most ambient, like whatever. And I, and everyone's just like, oh, it's brilliant, fucking brilliant. Because he's Tom York, right? Yeah, he right. Literally do anything. And everyone's right. like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah. be Tom York to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like did he play any radiohead no absolutely not why would you think that like <laughs> <laughs> just so snotty uh you did you did say the magic word of quest love so i will bring you this one the roots or n-e-r-d oh that's really tough too because the roots are such an important act and I as somebody who has a soft spot for jazz as well sort of the jazz fusion thing that they did I think is really um was really like that sort of movement was really groundbreaking at the time but NERD has oh, I don't know Pharrell like that's tough it's tough it's tough um, I'm gonna go roots okay but it's but it's but it's not arbitrary either one Oh, you're going to hate these next couple. Uh, Sade or Aaliyah? Oh, and Neek's joining us. Hell yeah. Hello, Neek. Connecting to audio. We wait. Hello? <laughs> Do you Hello? just post this whole thing or do you guys like edit we'll it? We'll edit it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll edit it um, a little. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Driving back. <laughs> Hi. How was your gig? Hey, guys. It's great. It was uh, it's eventful. Eventful? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nick, you're right in time for the lightning round. Uh, I just yeah. said Sade or Aaliyah. Am I allowed to not answer any of these? Is that an option? If I, uh, were, if I were to call it in just once, I would call it in with this one. Uh, now that Neek is here, Neek, are we allowing that? No. <laughs> Hold on. I feel like... Neek, if, Neek, I'll mute you real quick. Sorry. There you go. You're good. Sorry. No, you have to choose one or the other. <laughs> um, that is so to choose, cruel. To choose none is to erase them both. <laughs> okay here's hey a welcome to the podcast Nick Lopez, Nick Lopez. Yes. I'm gonna say that Nick Lopez everyone Aaliyah wasn't given the opportunity to develop as an artist um because her life was cut short True. and I feel like had she had that opportunity I think she probably would have had some real longevity in her career and done some very interesting things she was extraordinarily talented and she was so young when she broke right um and obviously Shade is Shade oh my god that yeah. fucking voice right it's magic mm -hmm. like it's magic it's butter yeah. um this is really this is a tough one do am I the only one asked to answer Oh yeah. Oh, just you. Just you. 
So these these are all previous episodes. So you're you'll be able to go back and listen to full deep dives on all of these. Yeah. I'm gonna go and only because she's still alive. And Mm -hmm. so I can't I I would worry about I I'm so you know overly sensitive to offending people. I don't want to offend Shade. So let's go with her because Aaliyah is not here to be offended. But I actually think maybe I would go with Aaliyah. if it was a DJ, if it was a DJ question, yeah. I'd probably like erasing off the Serato as opposed to as opposed to quantifying their music in any sort of like quality or you know significance in my personal life if it's strictly a dj question it would be Aaliyah. sure for sure because i'm sure. playing smooth operator sometimes but i'm also it's not we're not like it's not i'm not playing this right shady, like gm sets yeah that's you know? fair yeah, you navigated absolutely. that. You navigated that perfectly. You like my non-answer answer? Yeah, it, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the biggest non-answer answer we may have ever heard on this podcast. So I like that. A um, couple more in the lightning round, and then we'll get into some of your history. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, or Chic? Chic. Okay. That was easy for me because of Nile Rodgers. That's yeah, an yeah. easy one. Because because for a bunch of reasons, but you know, mainly because of everyone he's collaborated with subsequently and just my feelings around him as an artist and i also think chic you know are really underrated music have you have you worked with niall at all i've met niall a bunch of times i've danced on stage with him i don't think that would you know qualify as no that qualifies that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. market yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that gets cool points any day of the week definitely does yeah yeah um Beatles or Beach Boys? I've also danced on stage with the Stooges and the Utah. <laughs> no big yeah. deal. No big deal. No big, at all. No big deal. Again, proximity um, to these opportunities. Timing. <laughs> this is so. I just want to do a podcast on awesome acts Daisy's dance on stage. Yes. Can we just do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Let's just do a deeper dive on that. <laughs> oh, this is my I, best I, friend I'm Iggy a, Pop. I'm a terrible dancer too. I mean, not terrible. Like, I'm I'm very enthusiastic, and I love to dance. <laughs> I'm always, always be trepidatious around a DJ who doesn't like to dance. I'm always like, you don't like to dance? That's right. true. Right. That's true. Right. Like, I'm, I'm definitely like awkward. And I used, I did a bunch of dance classes when I was younger, like for years and was always in the back because I was like, <laughs> not that graceful. But I did, I loved them. I was like, oh, ballet. You know, yeah. And, um, yeah. But I, I, I love to dance. I love going to see other DJs. I mean, I think that's part of, you know the draw for being in the line of work that I'm in is that the opportunity to just sort of feel music all night is such mm. a so addictive. It's so fun. Absolutely. Uh, Beatles or Beach Boys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. So again, Pet Sounds, right? The best. Yes. The best. Yes. The fucking best. You can't have a conversation. I mean, that is one of the most important albums of all time but i think the beatles have to be the choice if we're talking again from a dj's perspective if uh-huh. we're really erasing these artists off my serato i you know i do play the beatles i love the beatles i play the beatles in all kinds of stuff. i play the beatles in hip-hop sets i play come mm. together in hip-hop sets. you know what i mean like i can't i couldn't not have the beatles i also think they're so universal 
and you know those songs in terms of longevity and again in terms of the significance we talk about you know influences and and how important these artists were that particular artist in terms of the ongoing history of music is one of if not the most important so i we can't erase the beatles right. even if we have you know even so if you're going you're going to erase kokomo funny i'm going to i'm going to I, yeah, I kept thinking, like, that song is in my head. Like, uh, not leave my head. Hell yeah. It's so bad. It's hell so yeah. fucking you know, bad. I used first, because I haven't told anyone I'm going, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post the first video. I'll be, like, on the beach, and it'll be, like, aqua water. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not good vibrations. Yeah, no, not, not good vibrations. Da, da, da. Not surfer girl. No, not surfer. Kokomo. Kokomo is the one. Well, the reason oh. is, Nico, you missed this. I'm going to Aruba tomorrow. Aruba. Oh, cool. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not actually. Okay, saying, fair enough. I'm not. This is not a commentary on the quality of that particular song. It's just it has the name. It says Aruba, and it's. Yeah. The only song I know that says yeah, that's, that's the only song I think that are, that mentions the yeah, rule. I firmly believe that's why that's top five for Beach Boy Spotify. It's that's <laughs> got to be the only reason. It, it it was last time when we did this. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that's it's, so fucked up. That's, that's pretty cringe. <laughs> yeah. Of all the like, hey, songs. <clears throat> wait till you hear the Beach one. Boys. You're gonna love them. Check is out like Kokomo. California girls surfing USA. Like, is it is this the top five? And then Kokomo is up there. <laughs> Let's, Kokomo. See, let's, do, let's do a deep dive was, today. Beach Boys. It's probably uh, like top three. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I looked up Beach Boys and I pulled up Beatles, so there you go. Uh, okay, Little St. Nick. Okay, Little St. Nick, Surfing USA, Wouldn't It Be Nice, Kokomo, Kokomo. and God Only Knows. Well, see, God Only Knows is my favorite song by them. Like, that's probably yeah. one of my favorite love yeah. songs. I actually did a, I did a Valentine's Day mix last year. And I did sort of a throwback mix. Mm. Like I just did a lot of, I, there was a lot of like Bee Gees and Otis Redding and, you know, Marvin Gaye. Like it was like kind of throwbacky and I like put God Only Knows on it. It's a banger. It's really a romantic song. If oh. you like God Only Knows, check out Kokomo by the Beach Boys. <laughs> 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 You're going to love it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, if you two like more. The Beach Boys without Brian Wilson, you're going to love him without him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate it here. Uh, two more in the lightning round, and then we will talk some about you and send you on your way. Uh, Prince or Michael Jackson? I, okay, so this is a very layered. Yeah, let's go. Let's go because I, I, I can only imagine. I can't. I have because of the nature of the work that I do. Right, we have a sensitivity around certain artists that might be triggering for people. Right. And one of those artists is Michael Jackson. Yeah. So I don't talk about my personal feelings around Michael. Right. Who is arguably one of, if not the most important artist of his era, and probably the most single pop star, the most, you know, mm -hmm. essential single pop star again, and, you know, this, this sort of history of, of music. Um, 
it's a complicated thing with Michael Jackson because of some of the accusations leveled against him. Mm-hmm. And again, it gets into a deeper conversation about whether you can extract the artist from the art. Right. Which in Michael's case, if you can. But also, to make my answer easy, Prince hired me many times to DJ. Oh, see. And I have a personal personal relationship with him. I had a personal relationship with him. He did a residency at the Roosevelt one summer, and I played basically all of his after parties. And he used to keep me playing for into the wee hours. I've never met anyone with more um, stamina. Hmm. And he loved to dance. I mean, he loved to. He was just. He was. He was. Is will always be somebody very meaningful in my life, both as an artist who I, you know, have so much appreciation for, just objectively, and also as like a human being. So, I will say Prince, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the caveat that there's other things that factor into that choice, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as easy a choice if it wasn't for the fact that I have to, again, because of the work that I do with Soteria, um, be cognizant of the fact that there are people, and I know this to be true because I've had it happen to me when I've played MJ out Mm -hmm. and people have come up and said like, I had this horrible experience happening and you're bringing this, and you don't, you never want people at a party to have to songs man those fucking songs are like the greatest songs of all time like don't stop till you get it like i can't like i can't even billy jean right right as a you know in terms of and i don't want to talk too much about it i feel like i've already said too much because i'm so cautious about because there's both sides of it there are people who are so fucking angry at you if you're like i'm not gonna play my cookie they're like fuck you, you have no idea how much that artist means to this particular community and how dare you. And then there's other people who are like, how can you support someone who has these heinous accusations? And it feels, it feels very, I feel very conflicted about it. And I have friends, one of my closest friends, one of my DJ, um, actually my DJ Booker, (laughs) and Mm. also, you know, somebody who uh, is a really important person in my life, wrote an article for Variety, an op-ed where she said, I will never play MJ again. This is all, these are all the reasons why he matters to me personally and why he matters in sort of the larger sense and I refuse and I will not and she asked me if I would endorse her in that choice and I said I wouldn't I said I wouldn't swear that I won't won't play him again because that's not a promise I could make but I also am aware of the conversation but Prince I yeah I love Prince I I have to ask as someone that has spent so much time around Prince what does not Prince so request? I don't, I don't want to like make it sound like we're best friends. We're not. No, like sure, 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 sure. As like someone that has a compare, compared to us, where we're compared to us, who are us. best friends with Prince? He likes female DJs who are actually That's... competent and good DJs, and he's you know he's amazing. He's very does cool. Prince request songs? Yes. Such as he. Well, here's the thing. Keep it clean. Okay. That's weird. God bless. Yeah, well, he became a Jehovah's Witness. So oh, no yeah, that's candy. right. That's right. That's no right. Sexy yep. stuff. He likes, he likes throwbacky. He likes sort of, you know, a lot of the, 
artists, like we're talking about kind of the Marvin Gaye, the Otis Redding, he loves to dance to like 80s R&B if we're talking about, you know, DeBarge, stuff like that. Mm, mm. It's got to have beat. He loves all music, right? Mm. Like he truly is. If you see him, have you seen him live? Or I, yes, I never I have. have. I have. Yeah. yeah so I don't know. Like the show, if you went to, you know, the shows that we had at the, where we were working together, he would get on, he would play, and then he would always do a lot of improvisation. Mm -hmm. Like he surrounds himself with, you know, extraordinary musicians who yeah. are able to riff and able to play. And he's like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. And his personal sort of knowledge base for music and where he is able to take things in terms of, you know, like sonic exploration. Like he'll sure. start a song and then 45 minutes later, he the song will end and he will mm -hmm. have gone in like this whole journey this musical journey with all these different sort of touching on all these different genres and playing all these instruments and put the guitar down and play the, and he he really is just a renaissance human and somebody who whose love for music sort of um transcends the boundaries that he, he is an artist had if that makes sense mm -hmm. so yeah. you know when you play for him you play all kinds of different stuff and if it's got if it's got a beat and a rhythm whatever he's down but he'll also if he doesn't like it he'll stop dancing and then he'll push it is he dancing to mj he he was at the time i was playing mj yes yeah. which, which wow. song which song was it i i mean there were many nights and many songs that's does that's prince crazy. like that's you good. to play prince's music uh, it depends. It okay. depends. Damn. Okay, I'll throw this right under right under the rug here. Uh, Daisy O'Dell's top three print songs of all time. Oh. Well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I actually did a remix, what I call a version, but the, my versions are somewhere between a, a remix and uh dj edit because okay. I, we don't have the stems sure and i realized that's sort of deceptive because people think i'm singing like if i say the days are version they're like oh are you singing it but i'm not it's like a it's where i don't have the stems so i'm basically eqing out all the other music yeah. and then building version, on version in a reggae sense yeah. yeah it's kind of it's kind of like a yes it is a version of, it was actually i i'm i'm impressed that you got that <laughs> um but it's kind of you know, this technique that I used when I was started making DJ edits all the time. And I was like, I want to do more than a DJ edit. I want to play like synths on top of, and you know, and then I did. So uh, yeah. I did, I would die for you, which I think is probably my favorite mm. song. Mm. Um, I just love it so much. It's so good. Like, yeah. I really just love it so much. Yes. And then I feel like, God. I played it last night at Motown Monday. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Snuck it in. Yeah, snuck it in there. Yeah. I'll send you, you can go to my SoundCloud. I have like a, I have a, I have a secret SoundCloud. I had a really Ooh, good SoundCloud. I need that link. And it secret got deleted. SoundCloud. I had like a really good one with like tons of followers and, and it got taken down for copyright infringement. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so then I started like a secret one. Like I didn't tell anyone. I just kind of put some stuff up in there and then every now and again, it, stuff gets, but I don't like promote it or anything. Right. I don't it become like a thing that they take down again. On the low. Yeah, like it's just it's like my secret SoundCloud. Everybody's like, uh, go check out my SoundCloud. You're like, don't go check out my SoundCloud. Here it is. I was like, well, people who need it, who need right. one of my one of my versions is getting a lot of play, which is the I did Leonard Cohen. 
um, waiting Ooh. for the miracle. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, and yeah. I think it might be the only Leonard Cohen remix on there or something because it's been getting a lot of um, streams. But huh. yeah. I need to hear so that two one. and two and two and three though. I, I need to hear what your two and three are for Prince because now I'm curious. Is it is it the hits that draw you in, or do you like the B sides, the more obscure Prince, mm. or what? I this is listen. I don't know how much time we have. I need. I need. <laughs> All I need of it. Yeah, we're on your schedule. Oh, we're on. You're on your schedule. I need to think because. It's re this is really hard for me to answer. Sure. No, like, that's fair. This is a tough one. This is like when people are like, like usually I'll have one song that's my favorite. Like people are like, what's your favorite David Bowie song? And I'll right. usually be like, Heroes. And then they'll go, what's number two? And I'll go like, oh, no. <laughs> no, never that. <laughs> it's like, is it rock and roll suicide? Or is it modern love? Is it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't right. know. And the right, same right, thing right. with Prince. Like, I feel like, I, you know, as somebody who I care so deeply about these songs and all of them, and depending on my mood, the answer will shift. So sure. although I would die for you, I think it's solidly at number one for me. Um, you know, what falls under it like if we're talking from a DJ's perspective, like obviously when Doves Cry is the biggest fucking hit, you know, that is a dance floor banger. Banger. No matter what banger. genre you're playing, doesn't matter who you're playing in front of, you can play When Doves Cry and people be like, you know, or Kiss, yeah. right? Yeah. So there are songs that are just, you know, you can even, you can do Raspberry Beret, you could do mm -hmm. like, you know, so those are, and but I think almost, you know, sort of because I play them out so much, they're not the ones I would select as my favorite. Yeah, I sure. Mean, you know, there's Purple Rain, which is, again, it's a hit, but oh my God, right? Right, so, like, right. Like, ugh, like it's-, it's <laughs> has, has DJing ruined some of these songs? Because I feel like for me, like, along the lines of like hearing Return of the Mac, it doesn't spark that feeling anymore. The 65,000th time when you're like, oh, right. it's Return of the Mac, you know, or like stuff like that. Right. Short answer, yes. So yeah. DJ ruined, ruined music for me, period. No, it, <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's interesting. I listen to NPR in the car a lot. Mm. Like uh -huh. I feel like, or, you know, sometimes when I'm home, I don't listen to a lot of music when I'm home. I do, sure. I, not true. I should say, I go, I vacillate between wanting to hear everything all the time mm. and being quiet or podcasts, mm -hmm. because sure. for me, when music is on, it activates a part of my brain. It's like critical thinking, right? It's like when right. you're in university and you're reading a text with the expectation that you're supposed to learn something from it. Like every time I hear a song, I'm sort of, what information am I supposed to derive from this? What's the BPM? What's the key? What's the, where would this fit in the set? How would this, <laughs> you know, like a million, a million percent. Me, yeah, it's very hard for me to be a passive listener. Right. And I think, you know, I'm married to a filmmaker and I think the same can be said for him and watching films is that when you know how the sausage gets made, when you understand, you know, sort of what goes into building a, film you can't mm -hmm. watch them in the same way right so there's not that sense of sort of escapism and i find that with music because it is just so like i i'm just so proactive when i listen to it right right and i think that's true for a lot of djs but also it doesn't mean that i don't love it and i go through phases like i go through phases yeah. where where i'm djing a lot 
Mm-hmm. And I get more quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, for instance, this month, because of Omicron, I've had, I don't know, five or six gigs, but it's been super mellow. And I've just been listening to music in constantly, right? Like, mm. like you know, because I, 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 I miss it. I need it. I, yeah. Right, um, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this might be true for most of us, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. It's just kind of sad. You can't turn that once you turn that switch on in your brain as a DJ, you're like, why even going out to see other DJs, you're like, Oh, I didn't like that. Like, it's like a knee jerk reaction. You're like, wait, this is their art. This is them doing their thing, you know, or you're like, Oh, why didn't they mix this song into that? Or how come this song, you know? And it's like, fuck, I can't just sit back now. It's very hard to be an objective observer with other people um, ever. Ever, <laughs> and yeah. I think, we, and I think we all, you know, as humans, like it's instinctual for us to sort of form opinions. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, most of the DJs I know started out as people who walked into rooms and said, "I know what should be playing right now," right? Or I feel right. like I could, I, I would, you know, sort of curate a sonic landscape in this space in a way, and you know, that doesn't go away. So if you walk in somewhere and it's a club and someone's playing a set. And you're like, you know, how how would I play this set? Right. And it's not, you know, it's not like a judgment on them necessarily and what they're doing. It's always like, you know, the sense that like, if I had this room, if I had these people, and I think it's very important to sort of, I like to dance. So I love to go out and see other DJs. And, you know, for me, like, I find that to be cathartic and also valuable, like, because it's not, oh, you shouldn't always be playing by yourself. You should be hearing other people. You should be seeing what they do. You should be, you know, seeing how people respond. You should be feeling what it's like on the dance floor, right? Because it's it's a different perspective and it's It's a valuable perspective. It's hard for me to, to let go and, and to dance when, when, when I, when I go out because I'm, because the music is hitting me still. Right, right. Still I, I, about- Travis, I tweeted this the other day. I said, DJs, who's the last DJ that made you dance? That's the true test of yeah, a good yeah. DJ. When you can look in the room, you're like, oh, I see seven DJs here and they're all dancing. Yeah. Like that right there. I'm like, this person's got the fucking sauce. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I had to think about it. You know, because we we go out, we hear so many DJs, we hear so many of the same songs at times where it's like you're being beaten over the head with the same thing. When anyone takes a left turn now, it's a breath of fresh air. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, how about how about all the times that I have to like emphasize to you, Colin, when I go out, I'm like, I'm just here to be a fan. I oh, yeah. Be a yeah. Fan. Yeah. But I have That's... to emphasize that in order to like try to shut that off and. And then want to enjoy the the music in it, and then dance and let go. It's are tough. you are you guys musicians as well? Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah yeah I have yeah, uh, studied like studied music through throughout all school and college and whatnot, and piano, saxophone. So yeah, I didn't. I only took like a couple years of lessons and didn't really get into music theory, but still make music too and try to hit the right chords to invoke the right feeling and yes. music theory is overrated right 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 it, <laughs> it is overrated but it helped me so not much overrated, not overrated. i mean I, 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 yeah anything <laughs> anything helps but also some of the most talented musicians i know are instinctual as opposed right. to conventional right. 
But I was going to say, I also apply the same sort of mentality that you guys are talking about when I see bands, because I also am a musician. I also have been in a bunch of bands of varying levels of success. And Mm -hmm. it's always like, like I want to be up there, but also, you know, like I'm not, I'm going to go see Bjork tonight. We're going to be like, damn, I wish I was Bjork, but like, of course I wish I was Bjork. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I wrote hyper ballad. Like, yeah. Bjork's just the coolest. I see that. I'm like, Um, last question for the lightning round. And then we'll ask you a couple of quick questions. And I know we're taking up a bunch of time, uh, but we will keep it quick Uh, for the lightning round outcast or hollow notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, again, interesting pairing. Mm-hmm. I love that pairing. It's a great pairing, right? It's a great pairing. Oh, and we ask tough, every single week. It's a tough pairing. And you know what? I I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Because again, it would change depending on my mood. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might actually go out Okay, which, is very, which is very which is which is strange for me because i think most days i would probably go hollow notes mm-hmm. um hollow notes are amazing but again that sort of yacht rock easy listening is not my favorite genre it's one that i love and also as a dj again if we're talking about the music we're taking off my I, my serato like i can't play man eater right I can't, I can't go for that i mean right. I get a lot of fucking play Right. right. Uh, also, maybe those are the only two Hollow Notes songs that get a lot of play. <laughs> Outcast. I mean, I like the way you move. I can't like not have that in my DJ category. Like in my DJ song. Fair. I Fair. need that. I need Bombs Over Baghdad. Banger. I need, I mean, hey yeah for the cheesy nights. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. Just gonna throw shit on and make yeah. dance. With Caroline. I, yeah. Like Caroline. I roses i don't know yeah. like I, from a dj perspective i think i gotta go outcast but from a music perspective maybe hollow notes i don't know again this is a really tough one and i'm so curious to hear what other people said and how they oh it's all across the board it's across the yeah, board sure. it's totally across the board I'm i was sure. just watching a movie that god I, I can't remember which movie it was but this guy, this guy played. <laughs> these guys were playing Hall of Notes as a Hall of Notes movie. That's how he got his his big break. Oh, it was um, it's this show on show on Apple TV Plus. It's called The After Party with Tiffany Haddish and Dave Franco is playing um, Daryl Hall. Is it oh. good? <laughs> Is it a period it's funny. Show? I had no it's idea. Funny. That's... It's like a comedy mystery show. Yeah. Cool. Tiffany Haddish, by the way, is another one who shows up my DJ sets all the time. And that woman is the most fun. She is will she? dance. Oh, yeah. She will sing. She'll be like, ah, I love this. She is like <laughs> everything that she presents out into the world. And we, you know, we see people present a certain way and you're like, that's fiction or not. Yeah, right, right. She's like legit, like she is that woman and she is so fun. And I hope she shows up at one of your DJ sets one day because she is just- Oh, hell yeah. Well, Dave Franco, who's in the show with her has showed up at one of my DJ sets and got carried out. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out. That's a good sign. <laughs> Shout Sounds out. fun. Uh, I have I have a, a grip of questions here. Uh, Daisy, uh, how did the Gwen Stefani tour come about? 
And did she see you in a club and was like, that is who I want on this tour? So Harajuku Lovers uh, was very early on in my DJ career. Hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to say I too early, too soon. Right. Hmm. It was really? one of those situations where I got the opportunity before I was ready. Uh-huh. And I say hmm. that with, you know, the, through the lens of time. Yeah. Sure. At the moment I, at that moment I was like, Oh yeah, I can go on tour the huge artist and I'm fine. But I'd been DJing for like five minutes and, you know, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, start out and are very eager and excited, right. To play. Mm -hmm. Some people are more thoughtful. Some people spend a lot of time in their bedroom getting good, mm -hmm. learning the technique, respecting the artistry. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people are more like I was, and I'm not going to, you know, sort of layer this with judgment, but I'm sure your listeners will, where I collected records. I knew some people, they were like, you can play records at my party. And I was like, cool. And then I was a DJ. Mm -hmm. And I was given opportunities because of who I was and where I was and who I knew and collecting records was a hobby of mine. And I hang out with a lot of DJs and, you know, one day someone was like, you can play your records at my party. And I did. And then very quickly it, it escalated because I sure. could do music, which I think is the, you know, as far as like being a DJ, when people ask like, how do you get into it? Be like, be obsessed with music. That's yeah. someone, right. Yeah. Right technical learn how to mix that music number two yes. number one obsessed with music because ultimately at the end of the day that is the thing that when you when you have a four-hour set and you are taking people on a journey mm -hmm. being able to take them on that journey sonically is ultimately what is going to sort of distinguish a competent dj from an incompetent one ultimately even mm -hmm. if the mixes are rough which sometimes when we're starting out, they are. Um, so my, my situation was, I was given this opportunity before I was ready. And I got to these arena shows and very quickly, because I've always taken, you know, I've always had sort of enough self-respect um, to understand that, or I shouldn't say self-respect, I said enough self-awareness <laughs> to understand that, you know, I was given this chance uh -huh. and I can't take it for granted. And so I spent every second practicing because I was like, I'm here. I took the job, which perhaps I shouldn't have taken, but perhaps they shouldn't have offered. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, That's me with every job, by the way. You should I have mean, given me this job. Why am I here? Yeah, um, yeah. But I also felt, you know, there's a stigma of being a woman, right? Uh -huh. And when I was doing this, this was 2004, 2005, there really weren't that many sort of public facing women. There were some women in techno and some women in house, but like, you know, in sort of the open format space, there just yeah. were not that many women. Like I would hear constantly, oh, I've never seen a girl DJ before. Now it's not the case, but when I was starting out, it was. And so I, you know, sort of that inspired me to want to not only get good but be better uh -huh. because I understood that people were looking at me with a critical eye because mm -hmm. there was this expectation that I was just getting these jobs because I was you know a model or like whatever like I was which which is often true even today that people are hired based on aesthetics but what I say to anybody who cares is that 
there are if you're doing a lingerie brand, you probably don't want like a dude, no offense. Like you probably want a woman wearing the lingerie. Totally. But on a dance floor, nobody gives a shit what the DJ looks like. Right. right. They give a shit about how capable they are of playing. And there are different types of jobs and you know, different things, you know, are relevant, but I wanted to be good. And so the Harajuku Lovers tour was, I, I learned in public. Yeah. Like I learned in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And Crazy. I was on that tour when Serato came out or maybe it had just come out, but we got it. And I lear basically learned, like I jumped from vinyl to Serato and did this sort of very abrupt, very- How many, uh, how many dates did you do before you did that? I mean, we, I was hired by Samsung Verizon. Okay. So for bigger tours, right, there'll be a sponsor, usually uh -huh. a presenting sponsor who will bring in DJs to do different things. So sometimes you're playing pre-shows, sometimes you're playing meet and greets, sometimes you're outside. I had this, they would erect like a, you know, kind of little stage in my DJ booth out, outside the venue to like do fan giveaways or mm -hmm. different things. So um, I did a few dates and I you know it was very it was a very humbling experience yeah right yeah like I I don't want to sound I'm so I don't want to sound ungrateful uh -huh. because I'm extremely grateful for the path that sure. I was on and I believe that there is something that pushes you forward and sometimes you don't have a lot of control over that yeah. And I sort of have in my entire life, I've always gone, you know, I like the fluidity of, of the universe sort of dictating to uh -huh. some extent, um, you know, and I've, I've been working ever since, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, gosh, I don't remember how many dates we did, but we basically, we did a bunch of dates and then I've, I've been crazy. That's I've dope. been in roaring since. That's, That's so dope. fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real trial by fire. Oh, hey, you're learning Serato. Uh, you came from vinyl and we're going to put you in these things. Well, not only tours. was I learning Serato, but I was learning Serato without any of the forums or any of the, like we, I would call the guy in New Zealand. I'd be like, hey, dude, help me. Oh, wow. um, Excuse like, me, was, Serato? Mr. Serato? It was such a, it was so novel and it was such a new thing. And, yeah. it, you know, it is a very natural progression to go from vinyl to Serato. Uh -huh. And, you know, but to have that music, to have the database and to have everything. And obviously this is pre-sync. You're, you know, you're still mixing by ear, but then you right. have visual aid. And I mean, I love the visual aid. I know people are very critical of it. Um, but oh. I think that anything you can do to kind of support you and your creativity. And I think the more, um, you know, the more you're, you're sort of investing in learning about effects and learning about different sort of techniques and different, you know, the, mm -hmm. the more sort of, creative you can be with music mm -hmm. right like if totally. you can do one song bring that song do that and do, have four decks going at once like that's fucking amazing like yeah. why not you know sort of really explore that or you can just play two records and on a straight mixer and not have any of those accoutrements and like i think it's just it's such a personal um relationship with how you choose to dj and i really am resistant to people who are uh rigid mm -hmm. right all right. this gatekeeper, you have to do it this way. You can't. I think, yeah. I think respecting the art 
is important. For and sure. I think understanding the history is important. True. Yeah. I think understanding, you know, like we look at the history of DJing, we're talking about, you know, 1972, right? It was a yep. fucking party in the in the common room of the house. And, you know, the sister was there. She was like, I'm going to get, I need some money for back to school clothes. And she's like, you come play. And he played two records. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at, like, you can look from the genesis of it, how it started was a super organic thing in the Bronx where they're just like, we're just going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then you talk about, you know, sort of the queer clubs and you talk about, you know, where that, like the, I just think historically so much of it was born out of people just being creative yeah. and yeah. not yeah. being judged and not yeah. saying their thing. Oh, someone's alarm going up. <laughs> and not, you know, and just exploring and experimenting and trying new things. And so I'm a big proponent of encouraging people to do that. Oh yeah. I want to ask, I want to ask about that transition from London to New York for you. Musically, you're starting to become a DJ. You're moving to a completely different change again. Uh, You're born in Toronto, right? And then have lived all throughout. Um, You started DJing in London or started in in, um, New York? So I feel like it's funny because it's my origin story, so I should have clarity on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be like, well, this is how it all <laughs> and, and you know, always give the same answer. But I actually it was it was New York. It was New York, LA. I was kind of jumping back and forth. I was I was by coastal. I'm still by coastal to a certain extent, but I was, you know, jumping back and forth. And it just happened in the most sort of organic is the word I use and I'm going to stick with it way where you know in London I collected records and hung out with a lot of DJs like I was very um involved in the club scene there but I was a you know I was a teenager like Mm -hmm. go out at 16 in London and I was um a door girl and I became this sort of celebrity door girl like there was all this this is predates the internet Uh, (laughs) the what Uh, it predates Facebook and sure. you know MySpace. You know. Uh, kind of, but yeah, so I became sort of this face of nightlife, and mm-hmm. there was like a lot of press, and there'd be all these you know famous people like falling on the floor in front of me as they stumbled out of the clubs that I was uh, working <laughs> at, and you know, sort of became really tight with a lot of DJs. Uh-huh. And being a music person, like I said, I was always a music person, right? Like I. Was a, went to performance arts high school and seeing all the shows when I was younger and like you know like I said my senior re- recital I did Bjork and Portis, like it was it was always a part of my world but there was this mystique around DJing right? right it was sort of this thing that seemed so important because as somebody who um, you know grew up in clubs there was always this sense that the power that that person wielded in terms mm-hmm. of setting the tone for the entire space and ultimately everyone who inhabited that space was like a real um, kind of critical element. And so I revered it, I respected it. I hung out with all the DJs, I watched them work. And I was like, I, I don't know, I could never. And I you know collected my records. And when I got to New York, it really was just the most straightforward thing I was playing my records one night. Someone was like, I'm doing a fashion party, play records, my fashion party. And I was like, okay. And then I was a DJ. Like it was because there, it didn't, you know, like some people sort of look at it and say, this is a path for me. 
but I also didn't have those, nobody I knew, there were no women, right? Mm-hmm. right, right there were a right, couple, right. like like I said, techno and house women, mm-hmm. um, like Ellen Alien, or, but there were no women, like mm-hmm. there were out in the clubs at all. Like it just didn't seem like something that was, you know, an opportunity for someone like me. Like I was like, you can do the door, you can do the host, you can do the bottle service, you can do the whatever. And this was all when I was in university as well. So I was getting my, you know, education. But I was like, I, you know, that's what I want to do. And <laughs> yeah. then when I saw my chance, I took it. Yeah. And it was, it really was a, and I feel so shitty saying this because I care so much about being good, but it really was a fake it till you make it situation in my case. It really was, oh my God, how does this mix to work? Whatever. And I would talk to a lot of my sort of male friends. I had some who were supportive, but many who, you know, sort of scoffed. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. You yeah. know, and I think that's still true when you know you see a new DJ, and that's why I always, 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 and I get people reach out to me constantly, and I always try and be supportive. Because if you want to do it, you should do it. Why not? Let's like do right. it. There's room 100%. for all of them. And if you want to learn, learn. There's incredible teachers, there's shorty, there's you know, you can go to beat junkies, you can there are places you can go where you can sort of learn the basics and get out there and do it and do it in your bedroom and then you know, open for people. Like there is a path forward now that there didn't, that path didn't exist when I was starting in the same right. way. And there's also places that, you know, DJs can get their music, like directmusicservice.com. <laughs> slide, that little, slide that little slide that little promo in there. They, they can like, use oh, all this promo code. God. Oh, <laughs> I flashed the promo down there. Bottom. Off. There you go. Get real. <laughs> Shameless plug, um, let's go. Daisy, you do music direction as well. Um, not just DJing, you do literally everything fucking dope. And I wanted to touch on this question just a bit. What three movies off the top of your head would you redo the soundtrack for? Mm. Mm. Damn, Colin. Wow, but that's like a question for the whole group, man. I'm kind of mad that you're giving that from, to her from right the now. mountains, from the mountain tops. <laughs> I'd like to throw to you. Do you want to answer that? I'm actually not a movie person. Okay. So I have, and I, when I say not a movie person, I mean like I haven't seen. I've seen movies. I just. I've been so busy for so long sure that I feel like I'm not qualified to answer that question with any kind of authority because I just I I don't know I think it's okay to say I don't know I don't know <laughs> that's fine yeah nothing's getting deleted on I this like answer be, You're I good. like to be uh I like to be you know imagine that I'm I'm capable of answering almost every any question levied at me but the one you just asked is one that i don't feel qualified to <laughs> that's fair no that's fair i love that's that fair. well um, i was i was seeing all lines of you want to answer you have three movies uh, change the soundtrack yeah the three movies that i could change the soundtrack um, i wanted to add to like boogie nights or something like that where i was like oh cool if i could get like 40 more songs in the boogie Nights soundtrack <laughs> That just would just make it a four disc comp. <laughs> yeah, something like that, <laughs> or even lic- licorice pizza that just came out recently. Like, if I could add it onto that, I need know. um. Licorice pizza is great. I need yeah. the movie Everybody Wants Some to have a to have a soundtrack because I don't think What's they ever that? released a soundtrack for that. So Everybody Wants Some is the 
a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. What the hell? Oh, is I didn't know that. Sequel? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's what is a all, spiritual sequel? The spiritual sequel means it, it's a sequel to the movie, but it doesn't have the same characters to, to it. Oh. So it's around the same the same time, the same year, right? The same area of Texas. But if you like the Beach Boys, check out Kokomo. You're gonna yeah, love yeah. It. This is the spiritual hey. sequel to God. It's dazed and confused, hey. but the next, the other school. Once you once you see it, you'll understand. I, I gotta see it. Yeah, and it's just all disco throughout the whole movie. Oh, okay. So okay, but they never released it. But they never released a uh, soundtrack for it. Gotcha. Yeah. Wasn't dazed and confused late 70s and they i remember kiss being a part of it and like this was on there yeah like love hurts Mm -hmm. yeah rock and roll hoochie coo yeah yeah and then i was a great soundtrack yeah and then and then so the fall so then check out everybody wants some yeah it was like 79 79 like disco uh this was 70 yeah 79 79 when, when was the when was that demolition was that 80 the disco i, I want to say the 79 or 80 i mean it was it feels like that year but i want to give a number crunch thank you nico I, gotta val- be, I really yeah. value people who care about details oh yeah getting information accurate heads. <laughs> Yeah, we have I our YouTube a lot of podcasts, and I'm like, and people are like, maybe it was this, and I was like, seventy nine, seventy nine. Yeah, that's yes. what I thought. So, so because I feel like that was disco demolition was kind of the height of disco, and then it, you know, there was a very rapid decline. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So. Yeah. So this this movie is June 12th, um, July twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. This movie was set in set in nineteen seventy nine. But it was. Oh. But it was filmed. It was filmed in. The 90s. in, in or 2016. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It's filmed in 2016, but the movie is it's set, set in 79. In 79. Yes. Got you. Mm. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. I would see that. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. It's worth checking out. I need to. Neek, do you have any choices on movies you would want to add to the soundtrack or make one? I don't know. I would just take something. I would like, it, it would just be silly. Like, I would take. Something that has like a very like what about James Brown on Attack of Titans? Attack on Titan is with James Brown. Oh my god, that'd be wild. That's what I was gonna say though, is something along the lines of taking something that has like an orchestral soundtrack and then putting like pop music instead. So like Star Wars, but like yeah, with Prince. With like Prince. <laughs> and like, yeah, like pop music. You know what I'm I saying? I mean, John Williams soundtrack is kind of. Yeah, it's kind of legendary. So, yeah. yeah, I would take something like that that's like perfect and ruin it. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, um, <laughs> this is a good time for Neek to ask his award winning question. Actually, no, this is a good time for my question, though. All I right, go ahead. Go ahead. Cause... You hop in. Because, <laughs> Daisy, what we're doing is we're building our DJ biopic cinematic universe, okay? A la the MCU Marvel cinematic universe. So, in this DJ biopic cinematic universe, who is playing Daisy Odell? And it could be anybody dead or alive in the entertainment realm or animated. Anybody. Animated, even. Yeah. Wait, who's you mean like a pick an actor? Yeah, yeah. Play who's me? playing you? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or it could be a cartoon. 
I mean, gosh, that's a that was an unexpected question. That I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's playing you for your life story? Um, you know, it's funny. You know who I I was told I kept getting told I look like her, and then I was like, nah. And then I looked, and I was like, holy shit, I Tiffany do. Tiffany Amber Thesis. I yes, I get that. But the other one, which is so fun, I'll take Tiff- Tiffany's ball. I'll take <laughs> um, the other one that I was like, that's so weird. Is young Kim Cattrall, like Kim Cattrall in the seventies, with brunette Kim Cattrall. Like if you Google yes, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, it is very similar. It's yeah. kind of uncanny. But I would probably pick like Betty Page or something. Like I, I want to be someone cool. Like not oh, just yeah. like an actress who looks like me. I want like you know kind of someone like or like marlena dietrich i'd be like play, have marlena dietrich play me i like that i like that i, I want someone that. interesting you know it doesn't because i feel like physicality is one thing but i'd rather have like a character kim cattrall dating the dude from devo is is a whole <laughs> hold on hold on back in the day I got a, my is it mark mother's did she date mark mother's uh who did she date let's see my phone is bugging uh gerald, gerald. cassell yeah Cassale. uh yeah what a vibe. <laughs> that's a whole ass look right that's there that's a vibe right there Dude, they're kind of sick yeah <laughs> i'm and here for it fashion is on point that's an entire fashion sure. vibe, man. I yeah love they're that. fire they're, they're that's a they got fits they're getting off fits in these pictures <laughs> Yo, Kim Cattrall and Devo, that would be an amazing song. I would I would listen to whatever song they came up with. Easily. Easily. Uh, I, she made the right move not going back to that Sex and the City reboot. Yo, I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing bad things about that new one, that new Yikes. Reboot. Yikes. It's, yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I want to know how they wrote her off. I mean, not that I really, like, understand the story anyway. Well, I've been watching it, so I can tell you how they wrote her off. They, yeah, they, go ahead. Spoiler, her, please. They had her move to Europe and then, like, didn't address it again. Seriously? Damn, they're like, she moved to Europe. They're like, damn, that sucks. We miss her. And that's it. <laughs> we move on. Yes, we miss they, her. They like, didn't kill her because I think they're hoping she'll come back at some point. But they just oh, left the door God. open. <laughs> she's actually, she's in Kokomo. Cue yeah. the music. <laughs> I'm meeting for tomorrow. We're going to go. <laughs> so sick. Uh, couple, two questions and then let's roll out. Nick, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so we are uh, providing all of our DJ friends with fast food endorsement deals. And what I would love to know is what is the Daisy Ode- Odell meal and where is it? So fast food Daisy establishment. O- of- I mean, that's easy. Um, the Daisy Odell meal is a double-double protein style from In-N-Out with a vanilla oh. milkshake. Perfect. Oh. Done. That's done how you done. do it. Let's done and go. done. Uh, Super Bowl plans, Daisy. Are you going to be in LA? Actually, are you going to be back? I am. I actually, you know, it's sad. So AT&T hired me a bunch of times to DJ like cool Super Bowl stuff. I got to go to Miami Mm -hmm. right before before the pandemic. Um, (laughs) And there's stuff now that the Rams are in, there's a bunch of stuff happening in LA. So I, we're in talks for a few different things. I'm not sure yet if what I'm going to be doing but I'm definitely going to be doing stuff. It looks cool. like not good. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a weird time with with the panini and all. I get a lot <laughs> yeah. of holds that get canceled. Yeah. Because the types of clients that I work with 
I work, I work across the board, right? But um, I do work with a lot of sort of corporate clients who sponsor these big events or, you know, I work with a lot of the streaming services, people that uh, have real concerns about liability, about having an event and having people um, potentially at risk there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's caution, yeah. um you know around but i there's going to be a lot going on in la next week yeah mm. a lot yeah, of pretty big yeah the nfl really wanted this and they got it no they got Dan it Crunky and, they're, they're like, and, they're, and then they were like let's just put the rams in. no i don't know how it works yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's basically that's but basically like, what crunky did he bought team the team. that'll be even better yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy oh my god um uh, question our, for the whole group have we watched the janet doc yet Huh? Not no. Yet. Oh my! Yep. I knew Watch it was it. a thing. I forgot it was a thing, but I knew it was. A watch thing. it. It's been out for like two days. It's been watch out for it. two days. <laughs> watch I will it. watch it tonight. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. It's yes, very, very good. Very. What's insightful. it on? What's it on? It's on Lifetime. Okay. Which is weird, but it's on Lifetime, and she's behind it. So it's all her. It's good. Okay. So that's a good watch. All right. You're, you're gonna you're gonna leave it thinking maybe maybe Janet is the queen of pop. I mean, wow. I feel like any documentary will do that to you. No, nah, but, no, but I mean, I'm not arguing that point anyway. She's I been think, going since 70, like two, she's had one of the like 72. longest careers in pop music. She's I been going for 70 since 72. Said that, though. 72. Bro, she's was been her going since she was a little five kid? years old, man. Dang. They put her, they put, she, she said on, that. What show was she on? She was on the like Jackson a... Variety show in Vegas. Uh, I knew I saw her somewhere. See? <laughs> five years old in 72. I, I should put, when I do my Aruba picture, I should put Escapade instead of Kokomo. Mm. Oh, mashup. Mm. Can you, can you make a mashup? Do the mashup. Please? Yeah, do the mashup. mashup we all need. I don't know. Kokomo is because I've never played it, but I know Escapade is 114. So yeah, Escapade, Escapade and Kokomo, Eskimo. I know my music. Is that Kokomo like 99? I think Kokomo might be 99 to be honest. That with feels you. like a good guy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to know. I'm not out here quick. playing Kokomo. It's a horrible fucking song. I can't believe it's top five. <laughs> it's horrible. Before before we roll out, uh, Daisy, one song for our Spotify playlist. It can be any song in the world. One song from you to add to our playlist. You know what I'd love to add so more people hear it is I, so I always do my top songs of the year because I do. Um, you see that? What is that? 116. Go. You could definitely match that up. Oh. Sick. <laughs> Great. Thank God. Oh, thank God. I was on the edge of my seat until you told me. You could definitely you know do that. Oh my God. You know what else? 116 holiday by madonna that is true holy shit We're yes like the biggest like party mashup dj moment for vacationing people <laughs> Can't is, is holiday road, road is holiday road yeah to go dun 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 you have to start there and then go, do coco that, that progression oh, into you know what else? we are going on a summer holiday if you want to go we'll swim yeah, there's a bunch of good ones like right Ooh, around there. See, there you go, Daisy. We could do a whole girl it's talk. It's gonna be a ten match. minute. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's a good. That's a good reference. That's good. Those are those guys that such or guys. One guy, right? Girl talk. One, yeah, one guy, one dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
such a talented, talented, talented person. He'd be rich right now off TikTok. If he had oh, any of 100%. that on TikTok right now. Why isn't that shit coming out now? Why isn't it on TikTok? I mean, because a sick, cause cause sick kick. Because a sick kick. What's he doing? Sick kick has monopolized. Oh, the yeah. Game. I guess he's kind of, he's the new girl talk. Yeah. Wow. The guy with the mask. Yeah. I hate it. His shit's not even plugged in, right? It's not oh, plugged that in. Guy? Yeah. That yeah. Guy. <laughs> hey, Colin. Shout Mike, out to Brent Mike, Peterson making all the fake the videos. Edits. Yeah. yeah. Colin, Mike Trong has tickets to his concert oh, in Portland. Kick. It'll there be a go. great Holy. show. We're, we're not we're not talking about sick kick yeah let's show. not <laughs> uh daisy odell one song for our spotify playlist what is your song oh so i was gonna say so you know a lot of the time i i tend to gravitate towards older music but i'm gonna give you a new one because i want people to hear um nation of language across that fine line because i feel like it's such a good song and it makes me dance and it's kind of out of left field and Hell that yeah. album rocked my world this year Hell awesome. yeah. okay is that it i have to look that up i'm not add even it. on that just add it yeah so go to yeah. really go like to the playlist song. call I'm really, and play I'm, for i'm supporting this band it's not for everyone people are gonna be like man this song <laughs> um <laughs> This playlist it's got to be better than Kokomo. It's got to be better than Kokomo. Kokomo also should be on the I should have added Kokomo. What a wasted opportunity. We're still oh going to put it on. Don't worry. Listen, <laughs> Kokomo over can Escapade Beach. While well, you're at it, can you put Aretha's cover of Satisfaction? Yes, I can. Boom. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Um, Daisy, what do you have coming up? What should people know? Where should they go check you out? Oh, my gosh. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Omnicron, I had a very busy dance card for <laughs> January. Like I came out, I played my last show in December was Mexico City. It was like the last week before Christmas. I came home, got COVID uh, that weekend. And then everybody got COVID. And yeah. then all, I just watched January. I was like, Golden Globes canceled. Grammys canceled. Oh, uh, yeah. Canceled. Like it was like one, all my premiere, I had all these huge premieres with uh, different people. Boom, 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 boom. Mm. And so we're still kind of in that stage. Um, mm-hmm. I have a bunch of club gigs coming up, which is really fun in February, right? Starting, yes. I'm back from, I'm going to Aruba, I'm back the 11th. So I think I'm playing like the 11th, I'm playing Valentine's Day, and I'm playing Thursday and Friday that week. So there's like a bunch of stuff coming up that uh, is going to be super fun, none of which I've posted yet, Ooh. but I mm. will. And when I do, if you follow me, probably on IG, Daisy O'Dell, uh, you'll see um, most, I will say this caveat, most of the jobs I do are privates at this juncture. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, just because that is uh, kind of the nature of the work that is coming in. Um, but I am doing a couple of big clubs. I'm gonna do Valhalla which is a big, queer, insane- That name sounds amazing. person dance floor. <laughs> that sounds fun. amazing. Big room, big lights, big Hell sound. Yeah. And I think I'm doing that either the 25th or 4th. <laughs> so that's coming up. And then I'm doing another big party called Queen, um, which again, I haven't shared about, but there's a huge- 
uh, DJ I'm playing with that I'm very excited to play with. Um, so those are two that just off the top of my head are public facing, which means people can come. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. So, Wait, are, yeah. are you doing Queen in Chicago? No, it's in LA. Oh, okay. I was going to yeah. say, because um, there's a, a Derek Carter party in Chicago called Queen as well, That's Sunday fun. night, which you should absolutely play that too. Uh, it's all disco. And then I, oh, I'm doing, I am doing a disco party. I'm doing Visions at Clifton's, which is, mm. uh, I don't have my calendar, but I think it's <laughs> Friday. I think it's Friday, whatever the Friday after the 4th is. Is the 25th. Excellent. So there's, there's a bunch, there's some stuff coming up, but I'll post about it and people can come or not come or. I and you're come. Daisy O'Dell on all socials, correct? Yes. I got my name across the board. Hell okay, yeah. cool. Mixed cloud, secret SoundCloud, you don't have, secret people SoundCloud. can't get I that. Well, I am linked. If you go to my Instagram, <clears throat> my website, which is daisyodell.com, I'm linked to all the stuff. Okay. So you go and listen. But you know, now that I know you guys are like a Twitter community, I'll probably check in there and people are like this girl. Oh yeah, no. Join us. Bothering you on Twitter. Join us. No, we just we just. <laughs> I have we a just Twitter. It exists. <laughs> I started it at one point, and I posted something ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like if you guys post something on Twitter, I will like never see it. But maybe I'll be I'll be more diligent after this conversation about like. <laughs> here's 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 what i think your intro back to twitter should be 140 characters hey guys just wanted to say beach boys greatest song is kokomo <laughs> and then just leave all over again what could go wrong what could go wrong in the comments <laughs> we're ending on that note <clears throat> wait what was the matchup today the matchup was that's not how it goes forget it bye guys forget it we're out of here uh,